All right. Hey, welcome to this week's edition of uh, Live on Real Estate. It's the post-Fed edition. I'm David Hall uh, here live on Real Estate. It says it's like episode number 100 and something, but this is episode number one with this crew. This this is the uh, the fearsome foursome. Uh, David Hall here with Chris Foster, Henry Doe, Phil Lipinski. Good morning, guys. Good morning. morning. How are on? you? bunch Good of gentlemen day. that need very little introduction in the entire civilized world. Mm. People know who you are. Uh, the notes here, Pizzoli is wherever he is. That doesn't matter. He just couldn't make it. Um, <laughs> you know, when guys are out, I just I don't know. It's something about that bothers me. You know what I mean, Jess? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so we got Henry Doe, Filipinski, Chris Foster, uh, the key figures here at Hall Financial. And we're talking all things real estate this morning, including what happened with the Fed last week, which was big news. How's everybody doing on Monday morning? No Bad complaint. day for no NFC complaint. North yesterday. Yeah, right. Especially your Packers. That was rough. It's all Nothing right, better than when the Packers are getting smoked and I send Faz a text that says, <laughs> go Pack, go. I love that. How about the Lions, though? That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. When they're playing two-yard line, yeah, about to score, get sacked. Did anybody really think they were going to win? No, absolutely okay. not. I mean, so what? I mean, it's just a new way to yeah. lose, you know. It's great. Take I your best it. players out of the game for the last play and throw it to the third-string tight end. <laughs> Would you think a lot of sense. He was six-seven though. He yeah, is six, yeah. Seven. It's a big guy. Would have been sweet if he came down with it. No chance. Um, all right, we're going to recap the last few weeks. First, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about what happened with the Fed last week. A lot of folks that listen to the show, they want the industry insight that we give them based on, um, you know, the information that we see every day. And what I usually say is the media typically, meaning, you know, if you turn on your uh, CNBC or CNN, whoever it is, NBC News, they're usually, I don't know, five, six days behind what's actually happening. You know, yeah. a lot of times you'll see a story, hey, Rates went down today. No, that happened five days ago, and since then, actually, rates have gone up a couple days. And part of that is just because of the way that they cycle news, and I try to explain to people that, you know, if there's a news story that, hey, you know, rates have gone down, well, we got some other stories ahead of that. We'll run that story in a couple days. Well, that doesn't make it very timely. So, you know, part of Live on Real Estate is timely information. And uh, last week, the Fed lowered rates a quarter. Third time this year, the Feds have lowered rate. The Fed has lowered rates, and... Um, we saw a little spark, you know, in terms of mortgage interest rates going down just slightly, you know, over those couple of days. It was nothing huge. And, you know, I had some people ask me, hey, I heard rates went up, which had happened sort of before that. So I just wanted to clear that up. And uh, Phil or Henry or Chris, I don't know who wants to start off, but sort of talk about what happened, the correlation with the Fed and mortgage interest rates and sort of where we are today put it in a historical sense or even a 2019 sense. Well, one of the things that we see all the time in the industry is, you know, we know just based off a lot of the information when it comes from the media or all the avenues we have of getting information today, uh, we kind of know what the feds are going to do before they even do it. Um, so what ends up happening is to get a, you know, a competitive advantage. A lot of mortgage companies are almost before the announcement even happens, almost lowering their own interest rates. Because again, it still is up to each and individual uh, mortgage company how they determine what they're going to do with their rates. In this case, what we see a lot of times in a few days before the feds, we see rates come down. And then when the fed makes that announcement on a Wednesday or a Thursday, I think it was Thursday this, this past week, yeah. um, you know, we end up seeing, you know, a lot of times not like this severe decrease, either a small increase, um, or just kind of stay the same. So what do you see, Phil? Yeah, I, th I think the thing that people always call in and text and email about is they've seen them drop 25 basis points. So they're thinking if mortgage rates, they were getting a 
the Fed cut rates. Now they should be getting a 3.75. So and it, I think the biggest thing is just explaining to the consumer that it doesn't necessarily work that way. It's not everybody the same across the board, yeah. board of that's how it works. Um, I think a big thing, too, is just I talked to a couple of people a couple of weeks ago and interest rates went up, like David said, and then they came back down when they cut them. So a lot of people, it's a wash. So just kind of with consumers, I, you got to explain to them that this is a great time to lock your rate in. D. Hall, help, help, he hears me say this all the time, that pretty much it's the second best time in the history of mortgages to lock your rate in. One other time in 2016 when Britain left the European Union. So if you have an interest in refinancing, I think it's definitely a great time. You don't want to play this game of one week they're up, one week they're down, just lock it in and get it done. Well, I just think the consumers in general, <clears throat> they only see like rates going down. So, you know, Fed cut rates three times this year, and they think that, hey, that means that, you know, they, they cut rates um, by a quarter percent every single time, yeah. then rates are now, you know, three quarter percent lower. Well, that doesn't really, that's not how the market works. Typical scenario, too, is the Fed is going to cut. The market already knows the Fed is going to cut. It gets priced into everything's happening. So mm-hmm. then the event of actually cutting rates doesn't create a rate drop. Now, when the Fed actually does make the cut or whatever they're anticipated to do, now the market looks at what are their comments about the future. I mean, the market is always looking at the future. They're never really looking at, hey, today the Fed cut rates, so this is what's happening. I mean, that's already been anticipated. It was widely anticipated. And now the big question is where do we go from here? you got a president calling for more Fed rate cuts, and you got a Fed that feels like that they've done their job cutting three times this year in a year where before the year started they were talking about raising rates. So, I mean, you talk – you don't typically see that. You know, you usually see, okay, we anticipate this year X or Y is going to happen. And whether it be rates are going to get ratcheted up or down, what you'll usually see is either that happening or maybe just holding still. You don't usually see a scenario like we've seen this year where the Fed was widely anticipated to raise rates during the year and they've cut them three times. I mean, that is quite Very a change. Rare. So, yeah, and that's why the market, we talk about it being a gift. I mean, none of us anticipated 2019 to have the type of low mortgage interest rates that we've had. That's why when people ask me, I get interviewed sometimes, you know, what do you expect for 2020 rates? I mean, how could you even predict that? I mean, it's just so difficult to say. You know, every expert that I read anticipates a lower interest rate environment for a while, but that can all change very quickly, and we've seen that. And just to add on to that, one of the things that we talk about with with just clients in general is, you know, how rates move uh, to Phil's point. If we're in a, if right now you're able to give a 3.75% rate, the chances of it going down to like three and a half or up to 4% in like a one to two week period is very, very rare. So one of the things we talk to of our clients is don't time the market. Rates are great. Second lowest we've seen probably in history. If for some reason we have this phenomenon where like, you know, in the next six months they go down like another half percent, guess what we're going to do? We're going to give you a call, see if it makes sense to refinance again because saving a half percent in interest rate, depending on your loan size and other factors, can really, really help you. Well, it all depends on if it makes sense for you, right? So like you're taking a risk on the market to lower your rate by an eighth of percent. Like, I mean, if it makes sense for you now, why not lock in and save another $10, typically $10 to $20 a month? Like, exactly. is it really worth the risk? It could not make sense if rates went up another half percent, but if it went down, you know, it just yeah. it is what it is. But, you know, so lock in when you can. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about it. And sometimes the rate, you know, when you least expect it, rates will rise. Yeah. So you got to be careful with that. Everybody sure. has kind of been lulled to sleep that we're just going to have low interest rates for a long time. But 
you know, we're all going to wake up one day and rates will start to rise a little bit and we'll be like, whoa, you know, because you kind of gotten used sure. to this environment. All right, let's move on to the news. A lot of Fed talk there. Good stuff, guys. Uh, we've got a number of articles here that have recently come out. And we're going to hit these hard and uh, pretty quickly. So um, what we do is we go through current events, uh, stuff you may have been reading, hearing online, whatever it is, and uh, we're going to break it down for you. So in the digital era, more consumers prefer speaking to a real person about mortgage closings. Very interesting survey here by Solidify stating something that Hall Financial believes in. 81% of consumers prefer that they still close on their mortgage in person versus digitally about 50% of the respondents say they value someone who is knowledgeable and 40% state that they want to work with someone who is efficient. So, I mean, those things are kind of obvious, but, you know, in a world where everybody's doing everything on their phone, it's kind of interesting to read these stats. Well, when everything came out 20, 25 years ago and we started doing things electronically, signing documents electronically, you know, going to people's websites, you know, opposed to you know how my parents and and all of you know everyone else's parents did things in the past where you had to go into the bank and you know shake the branch manager's hand do all those things you know everyone thought we were going to the point where in 2020 or 2015 whenever it may be we didn't need loan officers and i I don't personally see that ever happening again our world is ever changing so again it could happen but you know, most people, like the article says, I think most of our clients, even when we speak to them, you know, some of them still want to come into our office. Some of us, some of them still want us to meet them at a Starbucks to go over things because that's what makes people, uh, you know, happy and comfortable. And uh, that's kind of how I look at this going on. Yeah. Well, I think the bottom line is mortgages are complicated. Yeah. This isn't a car. The car's a little bit easier. You're pulling a dealership. There's a car. You drive away with it. Mortgages are complicated. There's 150 different line items on a loan application. If you don't have somebody explaining everything to you, how it works, you just don't know unless you do mortgages for a living. A lot goes into them, loan to values and debt to incomes. Normal person doesn't know what any of it means. So you got to have somebody that can explain it, not just look at it on your iPhone. You got to come in or ask questions on the phone. It's, so it's not just an, I agree, I agree, <laughs> I agree thing. So you can get through the app. Yeah. No, well, read your document. I always feel like I should read it. I'm like, I should read this. And Foster says, no, no, just, no. I agree. Let's, <laughs> well, come H- on. H- Hank, you probably have some good insight. Just, you know, Hank, just Henry just got his, uh, you know, loan officer, um, license. Uh, he's been with us for a while with our business development, but now he's starting to speak to more clients. Um, with you only kind of doing it for a few, you know, months now, Hank, sure. what do you see? I just see, I see two things. I think number one, it's such a big transaction. It's the biggest transaction in terms of a loan that they're going to probably get in their lifetime. So they want to know what they're, they're getting themselves into. You know, you're not just making a thousand or $2,000 payment just to make a $2,000 payment. You want to know exactly what you're dealing with. And number two, is it's it's all about just the trust trust level and understanding who you're talking to on the other line yeah um and you know like i like phil said and chris said you, you don't know what you're getting yourself into and you know having that trust you know getting in front of someone and understanding what you're getting yourself into is so key um you know to create trust within the transaction and throughout 30 years of the loan yeah so uh you know customer service is alive and well and people do like to uh speak to someone and they value the um interpersonal interaction uh then interesting story good survey all right number two hidden housing problem there just aren't enough houses on the market 
plain and simple, there isn't enough housing. There aren't enough houses on the market right now to keep up with the low mortgage interest rates and all the demand. Zillow's latest report shows that last year's inventory growth declined by 6.4%, bringing us to our lowest inventory level since 2013. Two of the main factors that caused this has to do with a lack of new listings and fewer homes being built. So interesting story. You know, it's still a seller's market in, in to some degree, and, and one of the big reasons, not enough inventory out there. So if you, I think that the, the key out of this, and interested to hear, especially, Henry, your thoughts on it, working sure. with a lot of real estate agents, is, um, you know, if you're thinking about selling, it's still a great time to sell because the inventory is just tight. You know, people can't find what they're looking for. So just with, you know, a lot of our partners, um, what I'm hearing is kind of, kind of the opposite really? you know when you talk about just news in general it's all over the you yeah. know, country so yeah. it's all about you what's know, national what's, versus yeah regional. what's yeah. local so uh kind of right now houses are actually sitting um just from our partners we're they're seeing it um you know they're when it i guess the quality of inventory is not that great yeah but there is inventory out there and yeah you know, it's all about how picky or choosy you are. Um, if you're willing to work on a house, you know, you can actually get it at a pretty good price. Yeah, and that, You bring up a good point because, again, just where our economy is, yeah. you know, more and more people are making more and more money these days just because of what's going on. More people are are, are looking to buy up now. So, right. you know, the $100,000, $200,000 range which is usually in Michigan, that price point, the large percentage of homes, now that's starting to inch up a little bit and these homes aren't necessarily available. On top of that, um, you know, typically what we see in Michigan, again, August and September, they kind of slow down. Why? Uh, kids are going back to school. You know, Michigan's huge with, with teachers. We have a lot of teachers in Michigan. So a lot of parents are going back to school whether or not it's to teach or to bring their kids back and now all of a sudden we come into october we come into november people are start thinking again about hey putting my house on the market or buying a new home i know i've kind of tried to started to look into it lately and then i think to myself mm, january december in michigan nobody wants to sell you know i don't want to move when the mm -hmm. snow is coming down but sure. a lot of people do well i've always thought the best time you know and, and it is seasonal and like you said regional right. but I've always thought that November, December, January is the best time to be a buyer For in sure. Michigan 100%. because of the, you know, the competition just goes down. I mean, these agents are looking to move homes and sellers are looking to, you know, some of them don't have to move. You know, it all depends on the motivation, but there are sellers out there that are motivated that want to make a deal. Well, you know what's interesting is I have a client right now in Canton. You know, Canton's a pretty good area. It's a new build. Uh, I've been in the house for three months. Henry Doe howding, touting his uh, hometown. In my hometown. I like that. Hometown. Okay, just a little shameless plug <laughs> so, for your so hometown basically it's to like, boost values in Canton single-handedly. So, like, houses are going for, like, 300 in that area, and this house is going for 250 and they can't sell it. So it's it's all about just, like, you know, what's your what's your house worth and, you know, how quickly can you sell it, and houses are sitting. Well, just like any other time. By the way, here just, comes Chris Foster with, you know, Houghton's a great area, you know. <laughs> uh, housing values are really going up in Houghton, you know. Call Chris if you need a pre-approval yeah. in Houghton. Yeah, mm -hmm. Houghton, Michigan. It's just more He's evident the, than ever in this market, whether you're buying, you're selling, getting pre-approved, you have to have a great agent. Correct. And you have to have a great loan officer. When you're buying and inventory is low, you have to have somebody that's going to fight for you, set you up with a lender. So one of our partners set him, set him up with us. Yeah. Whatever the case is, you just got to have somebody who's going to fight. And if you're selling the house, it's the same thing where if you do have a house that's sitting, talk to some more agents, get get a couple different opinions. You just got to have a great team working behind Can't you. Can't tell you, you how, done, find how, a good deal. how important it is to price your house right. Yeah. What, they'll, they'll, they'll especially sit. in Canton. Especially in Canton. Yeah. Well, Phil, you bring Board up road. a good point because, you know, one of the <laughs> things that we get a lot of times from our, our, you know, this is a little off topic, but from our 
uh, client says, hey, my real estate agent has told me that I should probably shop a couple mortgage companies. And we're kind of like, you know, well, I mean, of course, we want you to. We want our clients to get the best deal. We feel like we're going to give them the best deal. Again, uh, give them the best communication, The you know, because our goal is to get reviews. But we kind of look at it the same way, right? Not every real estate agent is going to be the same. So, you know, if you're feeling like you're not getting enough loan or um, homes to look at, you know, it, it's it's all right to make sure that you're getting the best real estate agents out there. I think we have over 20,000 real estate agents and that's growing every single day in the state of Michigan. So make sure you're doing your homework and get the right real estate agent as well. Foster sure. dropping facts. I like it. All right, moving on. Home affordability gained almost 10% affordability did in the first eight months of 2019 we've seen a boost in home affordability in 2019 with rates dropping in the first month of the year affordability increased 9.7 percent nearly 10 with the fed cutting rates the economy has been performing well which has led to more jobs in the labor market more jobs equals more consumer engagement another point to add with rates remaining low and an increase in jobs as home buying power increased two and a half percent so this affordability index that they create it kind of couples you know how affordable is housing? Where are rates? What's going on with the economy? So interesting, um, folks have purchasing power right now, and a lot of that's fueled by low rates. And I don't want to get too into this, but you know, you can see where you know paying points for consumers can also create a lower payment that makes it affordable for them to maybe do something that they didn't otherwise do. And one of the big little tricks in the business that we know just being experienced is sometimes the seller can pay the points for the buyer, thus creating more affordability. So uh, interesting article about affordability and housing and just where we're at right now. And to your point, Henry, people potentially moving up or, you know, even just buying in at whatever the price range sure. that they want. It's a, it's a good time to do that. One thing I think we don't talk enough about to our clients as well, or more and more clients these days are, you know, they don't they didn't think that they could buy a house as quick as they had you know a lot of people are renting in their 20s and they're not really buying until their 30s that's changing now because of the low down payment options we have with the low down payment options does also come PMI private mortgage insurance you're you know a little bit riskier of a loan and so one of the great things is like PMI, especially with our company, we have very, very, very cheap PMI. So one of the things that that allows you to do is this is kind of what we talk to our clients all the time about every every thousand dollars that you pay lowers your mortgage payment by about five dollars. So if you're going to put an extra ten thousand dollars down, that's going to save you about fifty dollars a month. That, that's that there's not a lot of I guess benefit to doing that but PMI you can see one company charging you a hundred dollars a month and another company charging you thirty dollars a month there's where we can see some more I guess affordability for yourself as well so that's what we talk to a lot of our clients about is making sure your PMI is this is is aggressive plus yeah. you say that 10 grand plus you say yeah. that 10 grand yep yeah and right now you're at a time where you can keep the 10 grand in the bank earn some interest or I mean, if you look at the S and P five hundred and people's four hundred one k balances are way up right now, so hang into your ten grand, keep it in the bank, keep it in your investment accounts. It's worth it to save a couple bucks a month and to take the lower PMI, hang yeah. onto the cash. Yeah, so. And you can also do, uh, you know, just a little separate note. But I heard Chris talking to somebody the other day about. Uh, Somebody who's buying an eight hundred thousand dollar loan, ten percent down, no PMI, which is a separate issue, but still a lot of lot of opportunities out there that people may or may not know about. Okay, first time buyers are getting younger 
and are ready to buy. TransUnion is predicting that 8.3 million first-time homebuyers will enter the mortgage market between 2020 and 2022. That's a 700,000 increase from 2016 to 2018. Buyers' motivation includes more privacy, wanting to build wealth and equity, expanding and growing a family. So uh, interestingly, the forecast is a lot of these millennials basically are going to start buying homes over the next couple of years, which is exciting. And um, you we, got a couple, we got a couple of millennials here on the show. Yeah, you looking to buy? Always. Yeah, always. always. Yeah, I think being a millennial myself and Hank, I mean, it's just – Coming in, a lot of people that have graduated college in the last couple of years, the only thing they know is low mortgage rates. Uh, I mean, as far as like their investment accounts, I just kind of mentioned it, sure. but saving some money investing, the market's been killing it um, over the last couple of years. So it's just a great time. A lot of jobs have been coming in for people out of college. So people are always looking. I think that number is just going to continue to go lower and lower. Might have some 18, 19 year olds looking to get pre approved once they get get into the job market. So, well, I think the younger generation is, you know, getting smarter. So, <laughs> I think you're, they're going to start buying. You're the leader. Yeah, well, I'm it, the leader of them. It's crazy too. I mean, how many clients? And again, it, it's continuing to decrease. But how many clients still think you have to put X percent down on a mortgage? Right. I mean, I hear you know the team talking to people all the time. No, you don't have to put twenty percent down. You know, mortgages can be as little as three and three and a half percent down now. Um, so huge advantage for uh, the Hanks and the Phils of the world. Uh, a couple of quick factoids here. National average, when it clo- comes to closing times of all home loans, we've talked about this, went from 43 days to 42 days. And we've talked a lot about the difference that you know we see at our company. But just in general, isn't it kind of interesting or hard to believe? You know, just sitting where we sit, that the home, that the average closing time for most transactions is 42 days. I mean, that's just that seems like crazy long compared to what we're focused on and trying to do but you know that's what a lot of folks are going through out there yeah we get we get frustrated when we see you know a, a two start to be in front of that mm-hmm. number right once it gets into the 20s um and i guess frustrating is probably not the right word but you know our goal is it's it's not all about just all right we're going to get you in and get you out that's not what we're trying to do here but mortgages as phil said they're they're not easy they're complicated um so to get people in so they don't have to be in a mortgage process for six seven eight weeks um that's our goal so the ability to have, um, you know, more people to work with, you know, a lot of these, um, you know, other companies, they have just so many clients that are with them. They don't have the capacity to get the loans done and what we can do. So that's 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 huge for a lot of our clients. Yeah. I mean, it's just such an advantage when you can look to close a loan in three or four weeks when people are taking six, seven weeks, half the time. I just talked to a lot of buyers about with their agents, if it's not contingent and you have good credit. I mean, realistically, I'd feel comfortable if you go make it an offer with a 20-day closing date to get this offer accepted on the house. Give me a call. You can write it up. I'm more than comfortable doing that where you talk to some other lenders and other banks and all day long, it's 30 to 45 days. Somebody can swoop in who's working with a company like ourselves that closes loans in three weeks you're going to lose that house, they're going to get it because sellers want to at least be done. And Phil, one of the things I know you do a lot with your clients is it's not all on the mortgage company or on the bank, right? It's there, there are things that the clients have to do as well. So, you know, letting your client know up front, like, hey, we can get this done in three weeks, but I need you to get homeowner's insurance up front. Mm-hmm. When our processing team reaches out to you, you need to reach back out to them within a 24-hour period to make sure that things are moving along. I mean, it's almost like an assembly line on every loan to the extent where 
there's the 20 things that need to get done they all have a time period and if we miss one of them by one day all of a sudden we're up to 20 days 21 days 22 days so again working as a team which i think our team does really good at yeah uh some post-fed notes that i wanted to get in here uh get into here that um came out after the meeting which i think is important so the the post meeting uh sort of the notes that the fed had come out with that the committee will continue, this is the quote, the committee will continue to monitor the implications of incoming information for the economic outlook as it assesses the appropriate path of the target range for the federal funds rate. So, you know, that kind of some benign language there in terms of, hey, we're not lowering, we're not raising, we're going to take a good look at it before we make another decision. And so as we bring you these podcasts, you know, surrounding what the Fed is and isn't doing, hopefully it just gives you some insight. But right now I would say it's pretty much a 50-50 proposition of what the Fed's going to do next. Now, for a lot of consumers who, once the Fed started to get on this roll and the president started to put a little heat on them to lower rates, I think that there was sort of a, uh, a thought process of, well, I'm going to wait because I think rates are going to continue to go down or I'm going to wait. And even though the Fed lowers rate, that doesn't mean rates on mortgages are going to go down. Sometimes it's inverse, but, you know, typically there is a scenario there where it's good for the market. So, you know, the advice that we have for clients now is obviously, as uh, Henry was talking about earlier in the show, is lock in that low rate while you can. Sure. And if it makes sense for you, you should do it because there's no guarantee that rates are going to continue to go down, referring to your earlier comment rates have only been this low in the last 10 years one time yeah I, absolutely i i'm not a big 50 50 guy i don't like the whole 50 50 it might go up it might go down i've seen too many people get burned where they want to float an interest rate something in the economy crazy happens over a weekend all of a sudden monday morning rates are way up and now you're kind of stuck you can't go back or if you lock in now take the lower rate like with chris said earlier probably don't want to refinance every six months for the rest of your life but six months from now if they go down again we'll help you get the lower rate save money it's also important with that to have somebody who is proactive as your loan officer because you're not mar watching the market every day you're taking care of your kids and doing your job have somebody who's going to call you if they can save you money and, and we've seen that a lot um, over the last 18 months where we um, have reached out to a lot of our past clients to say hey i think it might make sense for you to refinance and one of the things they say is, well, I'm only going to save $75. The, the benefit right now of refinancing is not necessarily your month-to-month -month decrease in payment. Uh, it's all about how much interest you're going to save over the next 5, 10, 15 years. So make sure when you, when you hear something, if they're only going to save you, you know, $50, $7,500 a month, and you think, well, that's not really that much, you know, just in that itself, that's $1,200 a year. That's $6,000 over the next uh, five years. One of the things I know Phil and Henry talked to a lot of their clients about is, you know, if you're going to sell in the next five, six, seven years, by doing this, it's almost like you're paying for your realtor fees in advance right? Realtor fees, typically 6% when you're selling your home. If you can save that 6% right now, uh, it's almost like you're, you know, the, the rate itself now went ahead and paid for your realtor fees in the future. We've for seen sure. more folks going towards a 15-year uh, or a 20-year on their mortgage. And I think that this little fact that we'll round the show off with today is, uh, is important to note. Black Knight, uh, which is a reporting agency for our industry, reported that mortgages are now taking up a smaller percentage of the consumer's debt-to-income ratio, which is allowing them to qualify for a better, more expensive home than they would have originally qualified for, or 
paying it off faster with a shorter term. So, and I, we've seen this. I didn't really know that those numbers um, reflected that way in terms of being less of their debt to income ratio. But that's good to see. Uh, folks aren't maxing out, you know, their overall, um, you know, uh, the payments that they make on their mortgage as a part of their debt picture, which is good. You are you you kind of hearing that when you're talking to folks on the phone, Phil Henry? Yeah, I don't know if myself if I've noticed it personally, but I think it is important. You don't you don't ever want to be in a situation where you're buying a new house and it takes up fifty percent of your gross income before taxes or anything comes out. So. It's definitely a good thing. I think it's all to do, too, with the economic environment that we're in right now. It seems like people have less debt. They have more investment accounts and cash reserves. So if you're in that situation, it's a good time to buy and start building some equity. I just think that with you know the 15-year, obviously, it prices out pretty good. It's, yeah. Right now, it's pretty good. So it, you know consumers are so caught up on the rate. Yeah. So it's just intriguing. If they can afford the payment... You know, and it's uh, they can make that aggressive payment. They'll do it yep. uh, because it you know the fifteen year typically always prices out better than a thirty year. So um, in terms know, of the rate being a little in, lower, in terms of the rate yep. being lower. So you know, at the end of the day, if the consumer is driven off of seeing that lower rate, they might do it twenty year, fifteen year. Um, kind of all depends on can they make that monthly payment. Going to round out the show with a little gratuitous uh, plug for Hall Financial. You know, why wouldn't we? We got this unbelievable. Um, testimonial sent to us and i just thought that we have to read it on the air uh, as part of the podcast then i'll let you guys do your parting shots which i'll put you on the spot with a quick question but uh here's uh one of our clients sent us this. i just wanted to let you know about my experience with hall financial i contacted your company about a refi chris got back to me very quickly and immediately went to work on some options all questions were answered clearly and quickly and most important honestly the process was simple with no BS. I love no BS. I also compared your offer with another mortgage company, and your rates were lower. And most importantly, your fees were much lower. Bottom line, I shaved 12 years off my mortgage. I saved over $244,000 by eliminating my 30-year mortgage. I had 27 years left. And converting to a 15-year mortgage with no ridiculous PMI insurance. I like to you know throw that in. Uh, I mean, they, they I said see that, that, but I just sounded I, like Marv Albert. Yeah, I see that. I was kind of doing my like Drew impression. You know, Drew kind of does that. Got He's it. my man. You also came to me. You also came to me to do the closing, which took less than a full Jackson. I highly recommend you guys. I don't know what a less than a full Jackson is. What's Drew and Mike? Oh, the Drew and Mike. Oh, I, another reference. Yeah. I like it. Took less than a full less Jackson. Than a full Jackson. I highly recommend you guys. Love it. That's awesome. Yeah, we love to get those testimonials, and we're really proud of the fact we have almost a thousand five star reviews, which is the mission of the company, along with bringing a lot of information to folks out there about what's going on in the real estate and the mortgage world, which. Hopefully we do every week or twice a month now with uh, the Live on Real Estate podcast. So uh, any uh, parting words today, Phil, as we round out a great show? Yeah, I, I think like a couple of touch points like we talked about, it's a great time to buy. And it's not some cheesy mortgage person saying that. It, it really is. Look at the economy. It's a great time to buy. Always. <laughs> Always typical, be selling. Typical car. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, it was just it was fun to be on the show. So if you guys have any questions, give us a call. I'll be more than happy to help you guys out and give you that five star service, which is what we're all about. Yeah, so. you got to give them your phone number. 
No, no, no. He's not giving his phone number. <laughs> no Henry, plug. Henry would try that though. Yeah, I would one hundred percent try. Got anything on it? That, that's all I got. That's all you I'm, got. Yeah, so Appreciate Jess uh, putting the the, yeah. the show together like yeah. always, um, helping us with our five star reviews. Uh, some some predictions because uh, some sports predictions here. Go pack, um, go. Packers will win the NFC North, no, twelve and four. The North. Who cares about the North? Are they going the, to the Super Bowl? Uh, no, they are going to lose an NFC title game to the Seahawks. The Seahawks. Really? Mm-hmm. What about the Saints and the 49ers? No, nah, the Saints got no chance. Way underrated. What are you? T- they got no. They're chance. overrated. No. Excuse okay. me. All right. Well, <laughs> Foz's football predictions are now on the record. Anything else? Uh, no. Okay. Well, appreciate everybody's time. For everybody here live on Real Estate, we'll see you uh, next time. You'll hear from us. We're going to do a little Thanksgiving week episode. More to come nice. on that. For everybody live on Real Estate, I'm David All. Have a great day. Thanks.